He's one of the most respected voices in the game. It's time to talk hockey with Peter Hood on Shom 97.7. Okay, a couple of little technical things here. We'll get back to Rush in a couple of more minutes. And uh, it's 8.20. It's time to bring in Pierre Hood from Réseau des Sports. Bonjour, mon Pierre. Bonjour, mon Pete. I was about to say play Rush. There's no Rush. <laughs> Well, a lot of people want to talk about that loss. It's uh, top of mind with a lot of Montrealers and Habs fans today. 5-1, disappointing loss. And, well, you could say, Pierre, we were struck by lightning in Tampa last night. Yeah, we were. And, uh, well, maybe, uh, I mean, there, there's always a rush when you play uh, the, the Stanley Cup final. But uh, the uh, I would say, I, and it's not a good thing, but my point is it's it may not be as bad uh, if you're going to lose game number one as opposed to lose game number two or game number three, uh, I think that uh, it's uh, it, it, the loss is one thing. The way the game evolved and the, the way the loss came is another thing. There's lots to talk about, of course, and lots of head scratching, I suppose, yeah. uh, to be done uh, in one aspect of the, the game. The other aspect of the game, Pete, you just take it, you throw it to the garbage can, and you resume, you resume your, your some sort of a normal life as of today. Well, turnovers, mistakes, missed opportunities, uh, you know, a couple of goal posts in there too. It, it all added up to be very costly for the Habs last night in game one. Yeah. Uh, and you, you know what? I'm watching the game, Pierre, and uh, at one point, in fact, a couple of points, I thought, wow, Tampa Bay's on another power play because they uh, they were just that dominant last night in the game. Mm-hmm. They're a big yeah. team and they work they work at all aspects of the game too. Yeah, and and you know what, uh, your reading of the of the game is perfect Pete because yeah, you can look at it from the uh, the Canadian side and what the Habs have done and have not done properly, but uh, the opponent was just imperial last night and we, we know the talent on paper and we know the depth and we we know uh, that John Cooper uh, is uh, is still a young coach, but uh, he's got tons of experience now in in playoff situation, uh, and they got a red hot goalie, and they got depth on defense. We all know that, yep. but the thing is, you've got to materialize all these assets, and I think that um, the the Lightning actually played the Habs with tons of respect for what the Habs uh, had had done so far and the way they came to the final, and I think they decided that the best way would be to uh, you know to push on the throttle from the first to the last minute and they learned from the past Pete. i mean they they admittedly the lightning uh when taking the lead in previous series they were not i would say uh maybe involved enough in order to protect those leads and it actually uh it hurt them uh here and there and they decided not to do that last night so they just uh they were just uh, by far the best team on the ice last night. They would have beaten, I guess, any other team in the NHL. Oh, yeah, most likely. Nick Suzuki just dominated, too, by the uh, the Lightning's uh, big guns last night, too. They were all over. Not much time and space for Mr. Suzuki last night. No, it was tough. Uh, tough for him. Tough uh, also for, uh, yes, Perry Kotkaniemi, who didn't play much. Uh, well, th- that's that's the bottom line when you play on the road. Uh, when you play, uh, when you don't have uh, the final word on uh, on line changes and line matching, uh, well, it's it's always a bit difficult. Uh, some in some situations you can neutralize a little bit the situation, but the bottom line is John Cooper coached one heck of a game last night, and I think you'll agree with that, Pete. Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was flawless. 
uh, in matching the players he wanted uh, to match uh, with the uh, on the, with the, with the the lines on the other side. And I think that uh, Nick Suzuki playing and not only himself but his line mates as well, having to face the Braden Point line so often last night was just too much of a task. And there are some uh, some adjustments that will need to be done for game number two because you still play on the road. Absolutely. Now, speaking of coaches, uh, Luke Richardson uh, remained very calm after the game. He's not going to get out there and panic, of course, but he did set the tone maybe for the, the next game, didn't he, by remaining calm. Yeah, I think that that's what you need to do. The first first thing you, you have to remember, this is only one game. Uh, and, and you have to remember that... Uh, if you make it to the Stanley Cup final, well, there, there are very good reasons to remain calm and serene and, and not to panic uh, and, and also have the proper attitude to endorse uh, what your players have been doing so far and have been doing so well so far. So I, and it's his nature anyway. So I think that uh, saying all that, uh, he said the right things and he said the right things the right way. Now, it's up to the leaders of that team. It's up to the... Uh, non-official coaches of that team, right. the Eric Stahls of the world and the Corey Perrys of the world and the Shea Webers of the world and the Carey Prices of the world. It's up to them now uh, to, to take that endorsement, try to calm down the young kids yeah. uh, that have been struggling last night and try to make the most of this uh, situation and get the message uh, across from one player to the last player. To stick with the game, Yoel Armia uh, flew in. It was nice to see that, that he uh, got on a private flight. Very nice and made yeah. his way down to Tampa Bay. <laughs> hey, man, that's pretty luxurious. Uh, but he didn't, is. he didn't dress, though, and uh, that was a bit of a letdown. Well, what happened, Pierre? He just didn't get there on time to, to suit up or what? Yeah, well, th- that's a good question, Pete. I, uh, Luke Richardson didn't have, uh, the, uh, didn't have the, the opportunity to be very clear about it. I, I guess it's probably the whole, the whole agenda, right? Yeah. That uh, made the the coaching staff uh, decide that um, it would be better for him not to not to play and not to be dressed. I think that Jake Evans was prepared all day uh, as a regular fit uh, on uh, on on the roster. So that also is linked probably to the decision. Evans uh, was a was a was a great asset before he was hurt against the Jets, and uh, so I think it's a combination of factors. Uh, he actually ended up playing almost 12 minutes, so yeah. it's uh, and it didn't it didn't play bad. It didn't look bad and it didn't look uh, uh, rusty or didn't look hesitant yep. uh, from the concussion. So I I think that uh, Yoel Armia will be back in the lineup, of course, uh, for tomorrow's game. All right, Gary Bettman, uh, a little off topic away from the game, but uh, nonetheless worthy of mentioning here. He talked about the refs, he talked about the Olympics, and he also talked about the sponsors. Give me more on that Gary Bettman story, Pierre. Yeah. Well, well, this is tradition. Uh, Mr. Bettman always talks to the media yeah. uh, on the af- the afternoon of Game 1, every Stanley Cup final. He's mm-hmm. been doing this forever, Pete. Yep. And uh, it's always interesting to... Uh, to see what will be the hot topics. And uh, one of the hot topics yesterday was refereeing <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you and I talked about it. Uh, everybody else talked about it. And uh, Mr. Bettman actually was quick to uh, endorse the great work of the referees yeah, <laughs> in, okay. in the NHL and those playoffs. The best in the world. That's what he said, Pete. Yeah. The best in the world. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to open that can of worms there. You go ahead. <laughs> Stay away from that. Uh, but but one, one thing you and I will agree with him, though, is the fact that it's it, if it's not the toughest sport uh, to, to ref, 
uh, it's probably one of the toughest sport. It's it goes so fast. The, the the surface is so small. You have to look everywhere in order to catch uh, a, a potential penalty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I, I agree with him on this. But uh, I would have liked to uh, to hear him say at least, well, you know, those are professionals. They get well well paid uh, to do what they do, and they are accountable. And if there are things to be reviewed, we will do that in the offseason. I would have appreciated if, if he would have said that. Yeah. Regarding the Olympics, Pete, we thought it was a, a given thing, eh? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, we're already uh, getting into July in a couple of days. If there was an agreement to be made, it was supposed to be made late May mm. between the IOC, the IIHF, and the NHL. They are still miles away from an agreement. And uh, as the commissioner said, there are still some, uh, some, some questioning about the, the health situation around the world and how the Olympics will be, will be uh, presented and, and how the Olympics will fare actually in, in Tokyo. That will give quite a sample. So yeah. the NHL players are far from boarding a plane to Beijing uh, for the up- upcoming Winter Olympics in 2022. It is going to be Beijing, isn't it? Eh? That's where they're going to yeah. have the 2022 Winter Games now. We're talking, yeah, of and, and, right. and, that, and that's why we everybody thought that uh, the NHL desperately wanted to be there. Yeah. They, they, they didn't want to be in Pyeongchang because basically there would be no quote-unquote commercial values hmm. for the NHL. But I mean, every company in the world and every organization in the world wants the China market, right? Right. So uh, that's so. So everybody was yeah. quick to point out that the NHL would be there, but there are some huge hurdles uh, still uh, as we speak this morning. All right, uh, nice uh, a sign that things are getting better. Twenty twenty two, we'll see Montreal hosting the uh, the NHL draft. Yeah, the uh, it's um, it's uh, it's payback time for Montreal. Uh, Montreal was supposed to hold the draft in twenty twenty, but because of the uh, the pandemic and COVID. Uh, it was uh, it was done. Uh, it was a virtual draft, but now it's going to be the the real good old uh, format. Uh, Montreal will host in 2022. All right. Do you remember who we picked last time the uh, the draft was held here in Montreal? Of course you do. do you, uh, you mean the, oh the was, Canadians? Uh, who the Canadians picked? Louis Louis, Louis Leblanc. Says, uh, I always remember they did a close up uh, on the camera. They went to I think it was Trevor Timmons and left his pad of paper there on the desk and. Uh-huh. As he was making his way up onto the stage, the camera zoomed in. It said Louis Leblanc. So yeah. we knew it even before he knew it. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that, actually. Yeah. And you remember the crowd chanting Louis Leblanc? They wanted the Habs yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to draft the, uh, the, 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 the high potential Quebec player. Yep. Uh, his career didn't turn out as expected. But uh, yeah, I will remember this uh, very vividly. <laughs> Absolutely. Jack, it's always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow morning, okay? Yeah, we'll set it up tomorrow.